Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Good morning. Hello, 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 baby. How are you? Welcome in. Yes, indeed. It's not too spooky today, but... It is, in fact, Halloween weekend, in case you've been asleep somewhere and didn't know that. Everything seems to be orange except me, but we're working on all that. I hope that you're going to... um, I haven't solved my dilemma. Rhino's here today, and I'm really happy about that. It's always good to have you in in here with me. And, And here's the other thing, Rhino. But since I got the new sidewalk in front of my house that I've never had before... Right. There's people decorating for Halloween, and I'm afraid we might have trick-or-treaters. Uh-oh. We've never had them at that house. I'm in the same boat. I've had one brave trick-or-treater show up to my door <laughs> in, in the over the decade I've been there. Isn't that funny? Somebody said, well, just put some candy out. I said, well, I could do that any day. You know, the whole point is to see the costumes and, you know, maybe have some kind of a scary thing going on yourself. I don't have any dry ice, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I was actually talking to a friend of mine about how he he's had conversations with parents, and parents seem to be increasingly not letting their kids go trick or treating, and it it feels like that's a that's a part of growing up where you that first time your parents are like, you know what, you you don't need me to go with you, just go down to the end of the block and come back, and I'll I'll, I'll be waiting for you. Little do they know that we are in the very dark costume on the corner watching oh, the yeah. whole time. Oh, yeah. But yes, you have to let... There, there has to be a place where you can let your kids go and be kids. And if we don't, then otherwise they end up living with us forever. And that's really not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll stay home, you know, and that's, that's not good. Now, I will say that because I'm, I'm, I am who I am, if the neighborhood didn't have a Halloween party, I was happy to look for somebody else that was interested in it and play along, you know. And I've I have been an engineer for some pretty cool haunted houses and garages and um, those kind of things because it's this is not mayhem this is simple harmless fun and the opportunity for a child to use their imagination as uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle said if you have no imagination you have no terror (laughs) so I think it's an exercise we have to and there have to be things that are a little scary there have to be things that are a little scary because yeah Stephen King said, "We have horrors as at little. We have little horrors so that this is the paraphrase. We have little horrors so that when we grow up, we can cope with life." <laughs> so, think about it. I know I wanted to be a helicopter parent, but fortunately, I, I couldn't. I knew better. I mean, I didn't know better at the time, but there was just something about the way I was raised that wouldn't let me do that. I'm the kid that at age five jumped off of a roof because somebody else's daddy said y'all get down from there right now and didn't say how no and then he had to carry me home to my mama passed out okay i mean it was very exciting but traumatized them much more than me (laughs) so anyway we want to avoid those things so we we don't want our kids to get in trouble because we don't want to be upset by it well the world's full of trouble and we've got to just find a way to navigate it that's 
Halloween's a good place to start. I oh, think. yeah. So welcome into Weekend Gardening. We're so glad to tell you that this particular program has the opportunity to be here for you Saturday mornings live. We also have the opportunity for you to grab a podcast or download on demand at supertalk.fm. And, of course, there's a rebroadcast on Sunday. So if you're hearing this all uh, tomorrow, then you will be saying, well, it's already Halloween. And I'm saying, yeah. I don't know what night people are actually trick-or-treating. Sometimes they move those things around in different towns. So we're just going to say it's Halloween weekend. Sometimes you're lucky. I mean, lucky, I guess, if you're the little one. Maybe not so lucky if you're the parent having to tote the little one around. But uh, Oh, town to town. Oh, yeah. And, and you <laughs> have, or even suburb. in yeah. the different neighborhoods. Like one neighborhood will have it on Friday night. Have a party and one neighborhood and then, yeah. will have a trunk-or-treat on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a church will have it Sunday afternoon. And it's just you got all kinds of candy opportunities. That's right. That's right. And, and that's a big part of childhood is hiding the candy from your brothers and sisters, I know. <laughs> What's on your green mind today? What's going on in your garden? Have you appreciated the chilly weather that we just had? Are you looking forward to it warming up again? I told you it was going to do that. Um, tell me what else is happening with your plants. I've got good radishes happening. The lettuce is trying to come up. But this is, uh, Rhino, this has been an ongoing process of mine. I found a bag of old lettuce seeds in my seed stuff, and I've been planting them just to see what would come up. And I, so far, I have been a massive failure. They'll Uh-oh. come up. Well, they'll, they'll come up, or a few will come up, but the weather's been so that it either gets too hot or it gets too dry. or get, This is all outside, of course, in my salad table. So out of probably, oh, I don't know, 10 sowings, since September of a few here and a few there just to see what would come up. I'm really testing the seeds to see if they're still viable. I've probably gotten five seeds to come up and three of them died. I mean, this has really been a failure. So I'm looking forward to doing having a little another breath of fresh air without it getting super hot to be able to start over again with my lettuce. And it is time now, by the way, in case you're following me in the uh, flower planting world, it's time to plant cornflowers. One of my very favorites. We call them bachelor buttons. We call them cornflowers. People who know a thing or two call them centaurias because that's their formal name. I'm going to try to figure this one out without Googling. That's the pretty blue ones, right? They're mostly blue. They also come in pink and white and sort of a lavender color, but they're mostly blue. And they're usually about the size of a quarter, a little bit bigger, and they're frilly. So they, they make a really nice bouquet, even if that's the only thing in it. And it's a fun one. It grows through the winter, and it's a really easy flower to grow. So I like it. I hope you do, too. I don't know that much about pandas, but I got some things that have come in to me this week. The, the stories that have crossed my desk have just been crazy. And I wanted to give you this one because it tells you that I don't know where I live. The, the high contrast pattern of giant pandas has always amused me. I think they're cute. But why? Turns out they it actually does camouflage them in their native really? in their native environment, and I did not I just didn't realize that. Um, most most pandas are actually kind of brown or gray, but the ones that are clearly black and white are the exceptions, and the giant panda is the biggest exception to all of that because there's different kinds of pandas. But what, it turns out that the black actually blends in with tree trunks. And then, of course, the white helps when things are gray and there's snow present. And when they went through a whatever thousands and thousands of pictures, what they found was 
that the pandas basically assume a position that shows them off to the best, to the least advantage to anything that might be coming to bother them. Hmm. They'll if they're if it's if it's green outside, they'll get around the brown tree, you know, get behind it under a dark space in the shadow. But if it's snowy, they'll put their chests on top and sit back down. It's really interesting. I had no idea. Now, of course, disruptive coloration is one of those things that we think about. That happens for a lot of reasons. Zebras, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things that we think about when it comes to that. But I really do think that the pandas have the most dramatic because theirs is not, theirs is not set. You know, I've never seen a, a raccoon that didn't have glasses on. Okay, but I've seen plenty of pandas that had different marks in different places. Just interesting stuff, fun stuff. The the phone number to get in touch today is triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That of course is the Super Talk call line. And if you would like to text along with our wonderful crew that is uh, popping in already this morning, the Ceasefire text line is always available to you at six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Good morning, Greg. Hope all is well in Nettleton. And I presume it is, or we wouldn't be hearing from you. That's kind of how that works out. Um, nice day outside, by the way. I don't know if y'all have been up and gotten out yet. I'm, I'm, I don't like daylight savings time. There, I said it. I said it out loud. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. We're, we're, we're not far from the end? Well, may I just... I'm going to channel my late husband. The candy manufacturers had a lot, and the grill people have a lot to say about when all this happens. And they, they that's why we start so early in the springtime, so you can have sunlight in the afternoon to go home and grill. And we have to leave it dark forever for Halloween. So I believe it's next week. Not it isn't this weekend, but I believe it's next weekend that we that we will in fact fall back. Um, Unfortunately, my animals are already into the new mode. They've decided that it's already changed. They've adjusted everything by an hour, which changes my life more than I would like. It's really unfortunate. At least they were nice enough to get ahead of it. They're they're ahead of it. There's definitely that. Um, Flowering onions, absolutely, you can do that. Um, Ken's on the text line talking about flowering onions with the round heads. If you're looking for the round purple head... That's about two inches or more in diameter. You absolutely will find that in bulb racks right now. Um, the gigantic allium with, that's three or four inches tall will cost you more, but it's awfully impressive. Very pretty flower. They're orbs. And because they're orbs, they literally become the centerpiece of anything you put them in, whether it's a flower bed or an arrangement. It doesn't matter. And you can also hand them to somebody as a sing, single stem, and, and it will become a magic wand and be pretty impressive, too. Maybe that's because I watched too much Harry Potter yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> Everything looks like a magic wand to tell. It is a great way to lose time, though. It is. It is. Good movies. Always are. Good morning, Paula from Dentville. Thank you for weighing in today on the text line. I appreciate that so very, very much. Is it feed a cold and starve a fever? I've never really known which of those. Yes. Is that the way it is? Well, that must explain it. I have my first head cold in a very, very long time. And I can tell you it's a head cold because my ears are stopped up. I'm, I'm not sick. I just, you know, I, I sound like my head's in a bucket of water, and I apologize for that. But I'm not sick, so I shouldn't stay home. But I have the real um, the, the real 
desire to go out and eat a large everything. I wanted breakfast today. I never get up and want, you know, an egg and all the things that go with it first thing in the morning. When I woke up today, I thought, I wonder if that's feed a cold. Maybe that's what that is. Get you a whole bunch of horseradish or something. Ooh, yeah, that would be good, too. When do you sow wildflower seeds? Um, When you don't identify yourself on the text line and there's not another text for me to roll back through, I I tend to, you you tend to be Benny from Belzona. Hey, Benny. Or you tend to be Mary from Meridian. And that's because since I'm an alliterative person, I call everybody an alliterative alliterative name. You know, he would would be Rhino. Frankly, I can't say the name of the town that you'd be from because it's not in Mississippi. But anyway, there's a number of R towns we could use for here. It could be from Ryanzi. It could be from Ryanzi. When do you sow wildflower seeds? Fall. And let me let me encourage you to get out there and do it now because most of what we're sowing in terms of wildflowers, whether they are annual or perennial, are things that we're intending to pick in the late spring. And in order to get them growing, you got to get going. That's going to be larkspur and Corn, the cornflowers that I talked about, and so many other things that we go directly from seed for at this time of year. And yes, in fact, the Mississippi um, cut flowers classes will be beginning again. I'll have more to tell you about that next week because they're just about to kick off. Look forward to doing that again with Donna Yowell. It's a blast. Just an absolute blast. Um, I'm, I'm an amber nut. I'll admit it. I had a tiny piece of amber when I was young, but when I first began stringing beads for a hobby, which, by the way, if you don't want to smoke, bead stringing is really good because <laughs> your hands are extremely busy. I was around a lot of people that smoked, and I didn't want to smoke, so I just started doing, I crocheted, I did the beads, I did all sorts of stuff. And there, it's, it's very, very helpful and very useful, but then you realize that after a while, you're actually collecting beads. You're not truly beading. You're not making necklaces or anything to sell. You're just collecting the beads that you like. So my amber bead collection is what has grown over time, and I, do, I really do love it a lot. I, uh, I don't have anything with a recognizable insect in it, however. And the the good news is um, other people have found those. Jurassic I, Park made it seem like those were everywhere. But I, as growing up as a kid, I, I, I wanted one and then realized those were rare. It's pretty rare. Pretty rare. Um, the cherry amber that I particularly prize is a very, very dark colored amber. And I have a ring and earrings out of it. But there's no insects in it. It's just the amber itself. The insects encapsulated in amber, however, are perfect. And it's really more fun than studying, you know, the drawings that somebody's giving you or the preserved specimens in some ways because it's a moment in time when that thing got captured. And I just, it's a fascinating thing. So this particular group that they have discovered, I, I love this stuff. This is in the forest from in what is now Myanmar from Burma, all right? We've not been able to go there for a very, very long time as researchers or investigators. And fortunately now, they're able to at least get access to what's already there. I don't think there's any large, um, I don't think there's any large work going on, but there is study of the work that has gone on, and that's important too. Among the finds are lacewing larvae, which is why I bring it to you. We love our lacewings. Beneficial insect do a lot of things for us. Um, but the the typical insect larva is very, very different. 
And I love this. The most unusual features are their long appendages, which they all have a stylet. You understand? That's how piercing and sucking insects get into your food. Okay? I mean, you know, they get their food rather from your vegetables or your flowers or your trees or your lawn or whatever green material they're sticking their beak or their stylet into. Okay? And the cool thing about it is that these are, are really much, much longer and actually look like hypodermic needles. So everything that – my theory, of course, of life is that everything we do is something that we reference to something that somebody else did. I don't. It's not that I don't think there's new stuff, but I think there's new innovations. I think everything builds on everything else. In the same way that all the experiences that you've ever had in your life bring you to this point. I have grown successful lettuce before, so I know I can do it. You know, it's just a matter of getting it to work this time. And that's really how we do these things. So that's what they're trying to do is to understand how the insects went from looking like that to looking like they do now. And studying these fossilized larvae is a really big and important part of that. It's a resource we didn't have before, and we're just very, very lucky that we do. By the way, I do still have my sense of smell. And it turns out that, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm not sick. I have a head cold. I'm good old-fashioned, get-in-an-airplane-type head cold. The ability to react to smells is very important. Now we know that our brain actually responds to the icky ones faster than the ones that we like. I don't like that. It's probably important to our survival as a species. But gee whiz, I'd really rather smell the flowers than the compost sometimes. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Maybe you love the smell of freshly cut grass. Maybe you love the aroma of steaks on the grill. Steel has the outdoor power equipment to get you there. From the dependable performance of our leaf blowers to the legendary power of our chainsaws. Find your perfect backyard with outdoor power tools starting at just $139.99. Real Steel. Find yours at over 10,000 local dealers and at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Whether you look forward to working on your outdoor space or for what comes after. Battery power made by steel has the outdoor tools to get you there. From the reliable power of our chainsaws and mowers to the quiet performance of our blowers and trimmers, enjoy more of the sounds of fall with the AK Homeowner Series of battery tools starting at $199.99. Real Steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, No Drip Roofing and Construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. Hurry! Run! Get to the car! It's coming! Start the car! What are you waiting for? I knew I should have gone to Mazda of Jackson! 
of that creepy old car you've been driving around in and upgrade to a new vehicle during our model year clearance at Mazda of Jackson. All the 2021s must go, and we're giving you amazing savings on every last one of them. Get 0.9% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0.9% on every new Mazda in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. You can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Is your credit history scary? Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. <laughs> Bring in your current vehicle and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. So get to Mazda of Jackson today, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select models. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Hi, this is Keith Halsey with Halsey Insurance. As your local independent insurance agency, we guarantee fast answers and friendly service. When you have questions, we're here with answers you can trust. Our specialty is home, auto, life, and all types of business insurance. Partnering with the top insurance carriers, let us shop your insurance and do the heavy lifting. We'll find you the best coverages with the lowest rates. Call 601-856-7707 or halseyinsurance.com. That's H-A-W-S-E-Y Insurance. Gulf Seafood Outlet, your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet, seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet, Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to two men in a truck, Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Hey, aren't you going to wait and greet the great pumpkin? Huh? It won't be long now. If the great pumpkin comes, I'll still put in a good word for you. Good grief. I said if. I meant when he comes. I'm doomed. One little slip like that can cause a great pumpkin to pass you by. Oh, great pumpkin, where are you? Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here today and playing along with our Halloween hijinks. The, the fun part about the Great Pumpkin, I believe, is that it is so unlikely and so absolutely... Talk about imagination. we got to have some imagination, and Charles Schultz definitely had one. 
Now, I hope you've had a chance to see some of his really, really old stuff before Peanuts. Every now and then there'll be something that'll, that'll feature that. And they all have very round heads, even his earlier characters. <laughs> it's great. People's drawing styles don't change that much over time. And he definitely, he definitely had a piece in his mind of the, the universal child at that point. And uh, Linus and the Great Pumpkin, I've, it's just one of the funniest things you'll ever run into, I think. The, the very idea. Bob's in Hattiesburg on the text line today. You can be there, too. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. He's asking about transplanting crepe myrtles. They're two to three years old. Perfect time. If you need to transplant them, please don't wait any longer. Do this anywhere between now and in about February. It really is going to determine, this is what I think, the weather forecasters are all telling us we're going to have a mild winter in the southeast. We can only hope, because maybe I'll finally get the lettuce to grow, we'll see. But if that's the case, you're going to want to wait a little bit later. As long as the daytime temperatures are in the 70s, which they certainly are in Hattiesburg in the next week or so, you're going to want to wait. Because First of all, the trees are still actively growing at that point, and we would like them to drop their leaves before we need to dig them up. So if you can wait a little while, that would be great. But any time between now and about the end of February is, is appropriate from the tree's point of view, if the temperatures are cool enough, and, and hopefully if the leaves are off. Um, when we transplant, it, it isn't exactly the same as planting from a container-grown plant that we buy at the nursery or at what, however we get that. You may root it yourself in a container. But if it's growing in a container of soil, it has a little bit more give and than, than the ones that you're moving from one place to another. We need to be real conscious of how the conditions are before we dig up that plant. For example, if it didn't rain where you are and hasn't rained in a couple of weeks and you go out there and it's dusty around the base of the tree, don't start digging that. You can hear the roots crying from here, okay? Water the tree first, deeply, slowly, then you're going to do the digging up and moving. The other end of the story is the same. If it poured down rain at your place and it's sticky or puddly in the soil underneath the tree, wait a minute. Just wait a few days. What you can do in, in those in if you're not ready to do the actual digging up is to go around the tree with a sharp shovel and about the size that you're going to intend the root ball to be, which for a three-year-old crepe myrtle probably has a two-inch, maybe two-inch caliper on the tree. So you're going to want to go out five or six inches at least all the way around, maybe a little more. But go ahead and make that cut into the soil. And in the next few weeks, it doesn't help a lot. But it can help. It makes it easier to dig it later, first of all. But it also will encourage the roots to begin growing towards the inside of that space of the soil that you're going to move, rather than continuing to go out into the rest of the soil and be really shocked when you go in with the shovel to dig it up. That also being said, prepare the new place first. The Do we know why it does that? Is it, is it just the roots are growing out and all of a sudden there's a, a gap and they go, oh, never mind, we'll yeah. stay right here? Yeah. There's it. Um, injury is is always very motivating. Now the ones on the other side will try to do the same, but they're not connected to the tree anymore. You cut through that root. The one on the outside of the cut is going to try to regenerate, but it it doesn't have anywhere to go. So it will in turn give up all of its goodies 
to the soil bacteria, the micro life, all everything around it, even the macro life sometimes um, that are in the soil around it. But but that branching, that forcing, we were. I was talking to somebody yesterday about auxins and the fact that there's so many other words, but we pretty much understand that growth hormones in plants and the way that they move their stuff, their cells move things from one place to another, is often triggered by something in the auxin category and root branching is one of those things so if you cut that root and it, it can branch back in towards itself it's going to do that it's fun to watch um when when you if you ever, if you ever have a chance to see seeds developed between two pieces of glass it's really fun because where the roots go and how they form and where they're all at is endlessly amusing right now i can hear someone going oh no she's going to bore me to death this morning no, I promise that's all I'll say about that. Well, I mean, in fairness, geometry is aesthetically pleasing, and those roots are a form of geometry. Exactly. They're natural geometry. Exactly. Can we talk about fractals? <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> I don't know if they, they'll, they'll turn us off. They won't listen. But they're fascinating. But it's a fascinating. And, and by the way, friends, I have seen it. I haven't bought it because I couldn't afford it at that moment. It's a really expensive camera, uh, camera, excuse me, calendar for next year with all these beautiful shots of micro fractals, things that are taken through the electron microscopes. And they're, they're just, if you ever think that the world is not created of beautiful natural patterns, just go look. You think everything is complete chaos. It's not. Well, there, there's a method to this madness. Yeah, just Google Romanesco broccoli. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, that's beautiful stuff. Georgia State University is letting us know that uh, they've developed a new way to figure out how, how the calcium gets into your cells. The reason this, of course, is interesting to us as gardeners is simply because Quite frankly, if we could figure out calcium, we could figure out cell wall strength, we could figure out stem strength, we could figure out why people, you know, how, how, how to improve a lot, a lot of things. So not, not everything translates from one species to another, but in our case, the effectiveness to directly monitor the calcium at specific locations within a cell could actually help not only with the molecular biology of human diseases, but if we have something that's going to explain to us whether something does or does not have adequate levels of calcium to grow, then clearly we would know what to do for it. We would also be able to understand more about the way pH relates to calcium. And don't call me about Epsom salts. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um... Peppermint schnapps for the head cold. That sounds like a wonderful idea. I don't drink before radio, however, but thank you. My my very favorite rabbi, um, when my children were little bitty, said to me, did you know that um, one of the best appropriate children gifts when you have a baby is a bottle of peppermint schnapps? And I said, really? And he said, yeah, when the baby's teething, the parent takes a shot of peppermint, peppermint schnapps, and then you kiss the baby. And it's not that you're putting schnapps on the baby, it's that you feel better because you'll be able to put up with the baby crying. It has nothing to do with the schnapps at all, of course, but it's a wonderful old world kind of... Thank you, Rabbi. That was a funny... It is a good way to knock out a head cold, though. It is. Um, My dad, who was not a drinker at all, I mean, seriously not a drinker, would at times have... I believe he borrowed a shot from somebody else because it wasn't his. There was never a liquor bottle there, but they would do honey and peppermint and whiskey. And now that's a toddy. That's a toddy, and I mean, you know, he 
man had emphysema, you know, so he knew what to do. But uh, interestingly enough, in case you wonder where industrial diseases come from, there if you ever look at the people that harvest dry hay now, they generally have I was watching somebody do this the other day, big old suit on, you know, the the, the they're in a they're they're farming, they're in a tractor, but when they get out to pull it all together they still wear a lot of equipment to keep from inhaling all that. Well it's from the movie Outbreak. Well they didn't know about that. And my dad and the they would go in the summers they were teachers and principals and coaches and they would go in the Midwest and harvest hay for summer money. Well, it turns out when you do that, I mean, he he had beautiful muscles. I have wonderful pictures of him, but it made him all very, very sick. And in his case, it developed into a lung problem that he never quite got over. Um, although I have to tell you, he, he put up with it a lot better than a lot of other people. Do I have any trust in the Farmer's Almanac? I, I do to a certain extent. Um, I know some people who write for it, and they're very smart. They write good tips. It's very... The one that we have access to here is very northeast-centered, usually, northeast United States. But there are farmer's almanacs all over the place. Um, Ken likes the ads. I, I have to tell you, I don't, I don't even remember what the ads are, so I don't know if that's good or not. 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line here. And here, of course, is weekend gardening. What is a Dutch bulb, and why do we call them that? That's a really good question. Um it's because the Dutch brought them into the market. It really comes down to that. Amaryllis, for example, are native to South Africa. Um, daffodils are, well, let's go, let's go the opposite end. Tulips are native to Turkey, okay? And yet all of these things are called Dutch bulbs because the Dutch put them into the market. That's why. And I do like my Dutch bulbs. They do have pretty flower fields over there. Oh, yeah. Wonderful thing. Um, I have... Just one of one of my very favorite. I don't have a bucket list, but one of the greatest opportunities I'm glad I took was the opportunity to go to the flower market at Antwerp in Holland because it it was. I mean, it's just huge. It's a it's bigger than a football field and bigger than several football fields, and the numbers of flowers being auctioned and moved around the world is just magnificent for somebody like me that you know that that's my world. I love it. Kevin is in Newton. And, uh, oh, my goodness, don't you just hate when a tree gets planted in an area that it's too small, that the area is too small for the tree? The limbs of the giant magnolia have, have extended out to the point where they brush against the house and, indeed, pulled the metal roofing loose. <laughs> what can I do? Do this in the middle of the winter. The more dormant the tree is, the better. And I'm going to tell you this, and you're probably not going to listen to me, but whatever you trim off of one side, trim off the other side do the do make it symmetric because otherwise the tree will end up leaning and and it, it doesn't not only does it not look attractive it doesn't suit the tree either because you're going to get new growth where you prune it so if you have new growth on one side and not the other it becomes a, a, a race to see which one you can actually take care of to keep the tree symmetric so it doesn't collapse or fall over or go down in another windstorm so you can do that, but do it, I'm going to say January, but probably February is okay, too. Just do it in the winter. I'm not, I'm not going to call winter for any time until after the winter solstice this year, because they do say we're going to have a mild time. Generally speaking, you know, this is our best time as preparing soil and planting a cover crop 
and getting ready for next spring's vegetable garden. All those things can happen right now. Easy peasy. And it, if you're also growing things, this is also just about the best time for that. You are very welcome. Magnolia trees are so beautiful. I, I'm, I, I'm the queen of the wrong placed magnolia tree, so I know what I'm talking about. But you just want it so close to the window so you can get that smell in I your don't, house. I don't even like the smell. Makes me sneeze. But um, and I don't like them when they've been limbed up at all. But I have one in my front yard that is limbed up. It it's uh and, and it was his birthday yesterday, so I'll I'll say, you know who you are, and you're probably listening this morning. The magnolias that my neighbor cut down, the magnolia came up in the front yard from the seedling, came up in my front yard. Well, this is about 15 years ago at least. And my friend said, oh, don't dig that up. I'll come get it. Mm -hmm. And the tree is now taller than my house. And I have to limb it up because otherwise it hits the truck going up the driveway. Not to mention that it shades everything in that bed. I thought I was growing a seedling. It turned out I was growing a tree. So put put it where you want it. And don't don't listen to your friends if they tell you I should have dug it up and put it in a container taken it to him but I didn't do that now you know for next time hopefully I won't have to do that again that there there haven't been any others that have come up although I will say the neighbor's crepe myrtle continues to come up in my front bed where I don't have crepe myrtles and don't want them and uh now the scale insects have spread to the plants that the city planted out by the new sidewalk so it's kind of ugly out there. I have to do something about that. I'm uh, not worried about having any endangered species, however, because none of that stuff is endangered. University of Illinois, they're so much fun. The, this, uh, this, this, this group of researchers really do know what to go look for. I'm going to tell you all about the bat signal. That's right. Did you know Indiana had a bat signal? Well, they do. In honor of the holiday, and just because I like it, I would like to introduce you to Rockapella. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 
Visit us online at msfb.org. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Dream. <sighs> The new degree of comfort. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Computer Outlet would like to salute all healthcare and first responders for putting your life on the line every day. You are the true heroes. Thank you from Computer Outlet. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have, have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie.
feeling cut cool and looking all over. This is weekend gardening. What a great place to be on a Saturday. In the garden or talking about it, either way, because this is really the best, most consistent physical activity one can do in one's life. I'm here to testify not only, I mean, I got all the research, I can pull out all the stories, I can tell you all of the things that there are to tell you about why you should garden. But I can also tell you from my own personal world, it's the thing that makes a difference. If I'm not in a good mood, and believe you me, I'm not always in a good mood, I can go out and hang with my plants, I'll be in a little bit better mood. Or I might get mad enough to do something about something in the garden, so I'm not doing it in another situation. Okay? There's all kind of things that we use the garden for the same way, frankly, that wise people of every sex and every nation in the world use sports. You do understand that the reason we have organized sports is so we're not doing that out in the street. Okay, we're not banging on people and, you know, hollering and carrying on. We put it into an organized form so that we can exorcise all of those particular bits and parts of everybody's psyche. We, if we were all happy all the time, they would worry about us. That's why the vocabulary of football sounds warlike. Yeah, yeah, George Carlin. In baseball, we go home. In football... We march down the field, you know, that all those, On the gridiron. all of those, you know, those are all very, and, and frankly, boxing is the same way. I'm frightened of boxing, but I understand that it came about so that people were not pummeling each other with bare fists out in the street. I get that. It's a form of civilization. We, we may want to recycle things from our garden. We may want to make a compost heap, but I'll bet you everybody's glad that we also have some form of trash pickup. Okay, let's face it. If we had to deal with all of it, what would we do with it? Well, I don't know. But the good news is we don't have to because we are civilized enough to have a waste appropriation program, you know, in in almost everywhere. And if not, we live somewhere where we can burn stuff. Don't burn plastic. Don't burn poison ivy cuttings. There's There's a lot of things not to burn. But generally speaking, we can burn a lot of things if we live in the right place. All right, bat signal. I promised. I do love this. Um, this is very, very funny. Y'all are so funny working Saturdays. This there's a there's a good question that I'm just I'm torn between which direction to go. Yes, you can transplant any perennials now, as long as it's not going to be more than about seventy degrees in the daytime. We don't want them to wilt. We don't want them to struggle. But yes, that this is this is the point in the year where. We kind of toss out the perennial um, knowledge. If you read almost any book that's written about gardening, it will say dig and divide and, and replant perennials in the season opposite their bloom. So if it's a spring-blooming thing like a daylily, you would say to do it in the fall. We can't always do that. That's why sometimes we do that in the, right after they bloom because – our fall, we could be having a hurricane right now. We could be already having a cold front, or it could still be 80 degrees. You know, we did this year though. We've got the perfect time for all that digging and and dividing and replanting and resetting. Um, I noticed that I have got. I don't know how this happens, but sometimes a perennial that is otherwise not aggressive has just decided to multiply itself. I'm going to have a whole bunch of Autumn Joy sedums here in a minute because they have literally made themselves they, – they have a lot of space, but they've got too much space right now. I've got to move that thing. Oh, now, 
back to Indiana for just a moment. I don't. I want to. I want to do this. I'm so sorry. I wasn't in college when this was going on because this. This is the only people you can get to go do this sort of stuff, especially since it's Halloween. It just makes so much sense. They're scientists, but they're all dressed in black. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're out in the forest at night. Dun, dun, dun. Radios, antennas. They spread out. They're going. They're listening. So what are they listening for? Why are they out there doing that? And who talked them into it? Well, the University of Illinois talked them into it by giving them college credit for it, no doubt. The goal was to track individual endangered bats from the moment they left the roost to the time they returned near dawn. How much coffee do you think these people drank? All of it. That's how much. These are the bats with tiny radio transmitters. You know how I love that. And the scientists have to go out and act like they're not there in order for the bats to do what they knew normally and us to track them. Now, you do know, of course, that when you send up the bat signal like this, all those bats know you're there. Okay, You don't have to say a word. You're in the dark. You're dressed in dark clothes. You're out, spread out all across their, in their habitat, habitat. I'm telling you, they're having a meeting going, okay, what do y'all want to do? How do we want to impress these scientists this week? They're here again, boys. Where should we fly to? What do you think? Should we fly all night? Let's keep them up. So that's all of those things come to my mind. But what they are actually doing, of course, is very important work to understand how to nurture these endangered bats, who frankly do a whole lot of the work that we don't want to do. There's threatened northern long-eared bats, and there's the endangered one and only Indiana bats. Forest ecology and management tells us that tracking their movements doesn't really just begin to tell us about their foraging and their um, their home ranges, but it also tells us what they want us to do, which is to say thinning forests or replanted forests or where they go tells us a whole lot about how we can nurture them. So it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, with the exception of the larger clear cuts, most of the harvest types are neutral for them, but they preferred areas where the, there was still a particular level of density in the foliage, and they would go there more readily. Interesting stuff. Um, y'all are coming up with lots of good suggestions. Between the, the peppermint schnapps and thin slices of garlic, I will not have any vampires today, that is for sure. Sarah says, uh, "What this? do I know what this pepper is? No. That's really pretty, though. But I, I honestly can't see the peppers well enough to tell you. Pretty plant. I'll see if I can come up with something from the leaves. But it's it's there's a couple of things that have leaves like that. So I'll work on that for you. Thank you, Sarah. You know, uh, I haven't mentioned Winona in a while. There was a period of time a few years ago when every Saturday I could come in and say, well, it's raining in Winona. It didn't <laughs> rain at my house, but it was raining in, my, in Winona every week, and it got to be quite a thing. So trust me, I haven't forgotten about y'all. It's just it hasn't been raining in Winona often enough for me to talk about it. So, Rhino, what are you going to do for Halloween besides, you know, World Series. World Series continues tonight. Oh, yeah. We had a uh, Game 3 last night, which, uh, spoiler alert, if you had that recorded, the Braves went up 2-1 to one in the series over the Astros. So if you're a Braves fan, you're feeling a little, little good about that. But uh, I think Game 4 is tonight, also in Atlanta. 
I'm going to be probably watching that, but I did make sure, I always make sure to get candy, because the one trick-or-treater that showed up... Has inspired you. Well, he was he was brave enough to show up, and all I had to give him was a Hershey's candy bar, full-size Hershey's, that Uh-oh. I had bought at the gas station for myself, because I, did, I didn't have any candy. I wasn't expecting anybody. So, I always make sure to get at least a bag of candy. I got the variety bag, but I also got a big bag. Do you remember the... The old-timey, I say old-timey, but the, the peanut butter bars where they're kind of like the inside of a Butterfinger without the chocolate. I do know those. They're not on I, my list. I had them as, I didn't like them as a kid, but. And now they're the thing. Now they're, I love them, so I got some of those We'll, to we'll go back over here to this show and try and find you some uh, wine pairings to go with the candies. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I just, I just, I never thought about that. But now I'm concerned about adult desserts, you know. <laughs> Can I do something with that wine and that Snickers? I don't know. Anyway, Jim Stafford and Spiders and Snakes, friends. Thank you very much. we got a long way to go. Stick with us. This is Weekend Gardening. How old is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation? Next year, we'll be celebrating our 100th anniversary. Since 1922, our purpose has been to provide a unified voice for Mississippi farmers in the legislative arena and serve as a leader in the state's agricultural community. After a century, we remain as committed as we were day one. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Spillway Diner, your local neighborhood family diner. Known for serving breakfast all day, Monday through Sunday till 2 p.m. They also serve lunch from 11 to 2 each day. And for a limited time, enjoy 20% off lunch on Tuesdays and Thursdays when you tell them you heard it on Super Talk Mississippi. Spillway Diner, where you are greeted with a welcome and a smile. Located on the corner of Spillway and Old Famine. For a full menu and customer reviews, check out Spillway Diner on Facebook. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Recently, Governor Tate Reeves told Laura Ingraham on Fox that when it comes to the spike in gas prices and other issues, he knows where to place the blame. President Biden doesn't have a near-term solution to any of America's challenges. He's made that perfectly clear. The reality is gas prices are going up is a direct result of the policies of the Biden administration. And COVID shots for young kids may be close to reality following a recommendation from an FDA advisory. 
Advisory Panel. Congressman Trent Kelly shared his thoughts. Tens of thousands of people coming across our border and we're not testing them or making sure they're vaccinated, but we're going to make our five-year-olds get vaccinated here at home. And when it comes to a bucket list, the Space St. Louis woman has accomplished two big ticket items. First, Renee Loringer won $25,000 in Season 7 of the Food Network's Halloween Baking Championship. And she opened her own bakery called Sugar Pop inside the Ground Zero Museum in Waveland. Right now, Renee's life is pretty sweet. I'm Andy Davis. Maybe you love the smell of freshly cut grass. Maybe you love the aroma of steaks on the grill. Steel has the outdoor power equipment to get you there. From the dependable performance of our leaf blowers to the legendary power of our chainsaws. Find your perfect backyard with outdoor power tools starting at just $139.99. Real Steel. Find yours at over 10,000 local dealers and at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Whether you look forward to working on your outdoor space or for what comes after, battery power made by steel has the outdoor tools to get you there. From the reliable power of our chainsaws and mowers to the quiet performance of our blowers and trimmers, enjoy more of the sounds of fall with the AK Homeowner Series of battery tools starting at $199.99. Real Steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Financial institutions are pushing back on the Biden administration proposal that would force banks to turn over customers' account information to the IRS. They've changed the original $600 threshold to $10,000. Gordon Fellows, president of the Mississippi Bankers Association, says there's a lot of opposition from everyday Mississippians, and our delegation is actively engaged. Uh, there's a bill that was introduced by Senator Scott from South Carolina that would, would, would block the IRS from having the authority to collect this data. Both Senator Wicker and Senator Hyde-Smith signed on as co-sponsors. Uh, there was a letter from the House Republicans that went, went to uh, House leadership saying this is a bad idea. Our House Republicans were, were, were on that letter. And don't forget that Mississippi's general special election day is Tuesday. Polls will open at 7 that morning and close at 7 p.m. Any voter in line at 7 is entitled to cast a ballot. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. As we finish up October, Ole Miss is at Auburn with a 6 o'clock kick on the Plains, 4 o'clock airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network this afternoon. Mississippi State is at home to take on Kentucky, 6 o'clock kick there at Scott Field, and a 4 o'clock airtime on the MSU Football Network. In the other action in the Southeastern Conference, Florida takes on Georgia. That's a 2.30 kick on CBS this afternoon. Missouri takes on Vanderbilt, Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas A&M all have the week off. Georgia leads the East Division at 5-0 in conference play. Alabama leads the West Division at 4-1 in conference play. Ole Miss is 3-1 right behind them. Southern Miss will be on the road taking on Middle Tennessee this afternoon. 2.30 kick there. Jackson State takes on Mississippi Valley. Alcorn State takes on Southern University. Shorter is at Delta State. And West Florida is at Mississippi College. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. 
Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Hey there, what are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Viasat offers high-speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to viasat.com slash internet now and save up to $150 on select home plans. That's V-I-A-S-A-T dot com slash internet now. Minimum 24-month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See viasat.com for additional terms and conditions. The Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame announced the class of 22 inductees yesterday, including Maggie Bowen Hanna, a former All-American swimmer at the Auburn University and Jackson, Mississippi native. Kermit Davis Sr., who coached Mississippi State basketball. He's the father of current Ole Miss head coach Kermit Davis Jr. David DeLucia, who played baseball at Ole Miss and in the big leagues as well. Jim Gallagher Jr., and his wife, Sissy, became the first husband and wife team to be inducted into the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Barry Lyons, who played baseball at Delta State and in the big leagues as well. Eric Moulds, wide receiver at Mississippi State. Bob Tyler, a former high school coach in the state of Mississippi, as well as the head coach at Mississippi State. And Willis Wright, who coached four different schools to five state high school championships. He also started the South Panola winning dynasty. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama because everybody's garden needs a mama. Come on now. You know that's true. You also need somebody to blame. You can blame me if you want to. When it works, you have to give me credit, though. Good question coming in this morning um, on the C Spire text line. Andrea in Madison, thank you very much. She says she loves Saturday mornings with me. Thank you. Do you suggest digging up dahlias to save for the next year, or are they fine in the ground and in pots? I never dig the lilies, but this is my first time with dahlias. Yes, we leave lilies in either the ground or the pots, the Asiatic lilies. It's what I think she's talking about. Um, dahlias are – I would have – Normally, I would say dig up the dahlias because the the they can rot in cold wet soil is tough. But if you're growing them in a container, you don't necessarily have to do that. You just have to protect them from getting overwatered or frozen. And if they're in a raised bed, I've been informed indeed several times, but mainly by one of my gurus um, that that she never digs hers up. She's in Madison County. She never digs hers up, but she has really good soil that she has improved and it is well drained. So if you have clunky soil, if you have heavy soil, or if your area is really super exposed to any cold that does come along, as well as wet weather, you might want to dig them up. Otherwise, I think they're fine um, there in Madison. 
Mike, I don't know where you are, but that's a great Halloween costume. That's wonderful. <laughs> Spanish moss. That's great. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line. Um, you can tell my voice is a little different today, a little shallower. That's because I have a, a good old fashioned head cold. And you all have been sending me some of the greatest ideas for what I should do about it, um, not, most of which are not legal to do while I'm broadcasting. So thank you. Um, let's see. Well, let's go to the phone. Let's talk to Mabel. Mabel's in Jackson. Hey, Mabel, what's going on? I want to ask you about my, uh, you know, my plants. I asked you about last week. You said set them outside and water them real good. Yeah. Uh, is it time to put them back in? You can. I think they've probably had a week or so. It's going to be warm this week, though, so if you'd like to leave them out, it won't be a problem. So what now? It's going to be warm this week, so if you want to leave them out, that's okay. But they've had enough time to get a little bit better recovered. They were For, for those of you who weren't with us last time, um, Mabel's plants were just getting too dry. The leaves were drying out inside after you know months indoors with air conditioning and everything. We, we put them outside for a little bit. And get them some humidity. So you can bring them back in or not. I've I've got some things that I have yet to put in um, to the house, but I probably should have because now that uh, the heater has come on a time or two, I, I'm gonna it's gonna be a little drier inside even. So that's really the balancing act is how warm is it inside and how cool is it outside and letting the plants find the middle ground. I think. Okay, my J plants and my aloe vera. Leave them outside until then. I would leave them outside at least another week. Oh, okay. When they tell you the temperatures are going to be in the 40s, bring them inside. It gets a little hard on them at that point. They, they're not going to die, but it's just hard on them. Okay. Um, I want that. It's something you said, don't mention, but I, I, I want to ask you. I can make the next week. Okay. Well, that's fine then. Because I want to fertilize, I want to put around. What are you trying to fertilize? I, I, I want to. Do I need to fertilize my place? I put set outside. Oh n- no, uh-uh, not right now. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. It's good to hear from you. Have a wonderful day. Have a good Halloween. I know she's got trick or treaters. Okay, we got some peppers from. I think that's. Um, I think you're looking at at um, calico peppers. But it's a variegated pepper plant. If you grow variegated pepper plants, get in touch with us and tell us which one you're growing. But we're looking at the leaves, and I think these peppers look like they're about a half an inch, and I believe that's what that would be. We shall try. We shall hope for the best. Excuse me. Talking about head colds, and there it is. One of the things that we always talk about in the fall garden is when to fertilize the plants, the the, the Romanesque, you know, the, the, the mescue broccolis or the cauliflowers or even turnips. If you're trying to grow turnip roots or carrot roots, you do need to fertilize. But we tend to go out and just put out whatever we've got. That can be okay. But if you have a choice, go for something with a lower first number for the fall vegetables. That would say less nitrogen because you probably got plenty of good green leaves anyway. We're trying to feed them to make more flowers and to make more vegetables. Something like good old-fashioned vegetable food 51010 is okay, but there are some fairly exotic fertilizers out there. I was looking at the rack the other day and, and, and thought to myself, how would you ever decide which one to get? 
it's like 17 different formulas and I'm not going to buy 17, you know, I may grow all those different plants, but I'm not going to grow all those different um, to the extent that I need a box of fertilizer for each one. So if you remember that flowering plants and things that you're trying to grow food from, generally speaking, don't need as much nitrogen as, say, an evergreen shrub or a hosta or something where you're trying to grow lots of green leaves. If you do that, then most of the time your fertilizers will make a little bit more sense to you. So is that a kind of a rule of thumb? Well, in fact, is there a rule of thumb for the the numbers on the fertilizer? Like, for example, you said for a flowering plant, you want a lower number, lower on, first number. on the first yeah. number. Uh-huh. Is there the another big, rule of thumb? The, well, for, the three big numbers are N, P, and K. That's nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Right. And they all have the trace elements in there in teeny tiny quantities, but the three big numbers are those three. Nitrogen is leaves, or as we say, shoots. Um, potassium tends to be fruits and roots, and so does the phosphorus. So we, we really want the two of the, the phosphorus and potassium. Now, the truth is, almost every soil you run into has enough potassium in it already. But if you're not doing a soil test, you don't know that. Right. So just go for a lower first number, and you'll be all right. You will be okay. There you go. Had a lot of people that were kind enough to take advantage of my uh, offer. If you subscribe to my newsletter that comes out every Friday in your email, if you subscribe now, you wouldn't be asked to renew until a year from December because I'm trying to get my database all organized for that renewal date. So many of you did, and I appreciate it very, very much. You still have another day to do that. I'm going to extend that offer into November. But I have to tell you that one of the questions has been, what about those stories? And I do promote, in each week's newsletter, I promote three stories that I'm going to try to get to here on the air today, in any given week. And this particular week, um, I have to tell you that I am really fascinated by legumes, by beans and peas, and their ability to fix nitrogen from the air. That is one of the gifts from nature that we all take advantage of. But guess what? We now have learned enough about how this works and how that oxygen, how, how the, we fix the oxygen from the air if we're a bean or a pea, and then we translate that into our roots so they can grow from it. Well, scientists um, at the John Innes Center have just reduced re- research to tell us that this nitrogen-fixing bacteria is something that we have now isolated. We understand so much more about it. Well, if we could put that into other plants... Think how much better we would be. There'd be less need for fertilizer, less waste of fertilizer, and frankly, maybe a smaller dead zone down at the bottom of the Mississippi River as it heads into the Gulf. Because part of what we have done is in creating so many great fertilizers, it's given ourselves some problems. Um, oh, that's very pretty. Uh, very nice. Low mats. Jimmy's in Madison. They look like the flowers are a little bit on the purple side, so I'm thinking that you've got a native aster, but it might be something else. I'm going to pull that leaf a little closer to me and take another look at it. But, uh, but yeah, they do grow in mats. I've talked about this before. I, I don't have a very good driveway. And one of the reasons I don't have a very good driveway is because it, it was a a double path driveway where they you oh yeah and you know the two concrete things and over time because it's yazoo clay and the house was built in 1950 they they turned sideways and so then the next people that came along just paved over the top of that so i have this terrible 
terrible driveway. The, the, you have no idea the amount of money that somebody wanted to come and scrape it off and do it again. Forget about it. Drive around the bumps. But one of the things that it's a, created is a pl- perfect place for these asters to grow. And they do grow. They form a mat, and then they bloom, and then they disappear. And then they come back again the next year. But I saw some that were taller. So I know that there's more than one type. It's not just that I'm driving over them. There's actually more than one kind. I'm glad to see that somebody else has the mat type. I'll try and get you the right name for it here in just a few minutes. It'll either come to me or I will remember it. Word for this week is palmate. And that is like your hand, the palm of your hand or a palm tree where all the leaves come out from the center. A palmate leaf is one that the parts of the leaf come out from a center part or a palm of the leaf. Think of Japanese maples. Um, That's probably the one that most of us knew about. But it's also other kinds of maples. And right now the maples are so, so gorgeous. The red ones are very red. The yellow ones are very yellow. We've had a good long spring. I know a lot of leaves came down in rainy spells in this last couple of weeks, but the colors have just been beautiful, and I'm I'm really happy about that. I think that's a delightful thing that, unfortunately, as the temperatures have warmed, we don't see as much of it, but, but when we do, sometimes because we have warmer temperatures, the season goes on a little longer. So there's been more red in that. Speaking of warming, good grief. How many more algae blooms do we need? Well, that would be none. Yeah. Okay. But unfortunately, this the warm water is increasing. Um, we don't have the only dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico. The Chesapeake Bay has one. There's one in just about every body of water that has the opportunity for runoff from agricultural areas. So what they have had to do, in, for example, in 2014, um, there was an algae bloom in Lake Erie that polluted the water in Toledo so bad they had to shut down the water treatment plant. Um, if you've ever been around an algae bloom and then the dead fish happened right shortly after that, it's not a really great welcome to your neighborhood, let me tell you. It's not a really good thing at all. So, Quite pungent. Oh, man, it's awful. So as we are, they're, they're trying to understand how much light is necessary to get in and get out. In other words, when we, when we talk about algae blooms, we're often talking about how much of the surface is covered. And that, in turn, has to do with how many of the fish die. So there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. But realizing and recognizing and documenting the increases in the algae blooms is giving these particular marine scientists an opportunity to try and understand how to sustain the other organisms in that food web so we don't end up not only with dead fish but dead everything else. Um, I mean, you, if, you're an al- if you're a microscopic algae and you've been around long enough to have the common name killer algae, fish killer, trust me, you're a problem. And when warming temperatures make it worse, well, they make it worse. No question. That's unfortunate. I hate that. So that's a couple of the stories that were featured in this week's newsletter. If you're interested in that or anything else that I'm up to, mama on air at yahoo.com. Mama is M-A-M-A. Lots of ways to spell mama. My way is M-A-M-A.
Something else I wanted to tell you about um, at this particular point, I've still got my Christmas cactus outside. And you may or may not have yours in indoors already, but if they are, please keep them in a cool room. I was reading an article about it, the, the fact that we need the light to be different for them, and they, but they're not like poinsettias. We don't have to start in September giving them a dark treatment. So what we're looking at is the it does help to have for example, that my garden does not have. It's never completely dark in most of my garden, so I do have them in a darker room inside. But we have too many street lights and things. So take that into consideration, but it's really temperature, okay? Make sure that, the, that you're not putting them in a super warm room if the buds are not set. And if they are set, don't put them in a super warm room because they'll go ahead and bloom out too quickly. Wonderful plants, though. Um... I wish mussels would eat all of the algae. That would be nice because if if you could somehow find a way to, I don't know, add to the food agriculture aspect of it and somehow do away with the, the problematic algae bloom, algae bloom at the same time, we, I, that's killing two birds once don't. Yeah, it would be a win-win. And there, we are going to have to find more and more ways. This piece of research that was... Um, from Nanyang, which I don't know anything about that particular university, but it's in China. Um, they are trying to take apart common algae, not fish killer, but the common algaes, because they are so efficient at what they do. And if we can isolate that photosynthetic process from them and apply it to other things, well, then we might not have a problem if we've got warmer conditions and more algae, we might need it. We might be able to use it to boost energy generation in other places. I really do like this. By the way, is in Singapore. Uh, more energy and lower waste in the process is always a win. We understand that you know, energy is neither produced nor is it destroyed, but we have to harness it one way or another, and then we also have to realize what other waste comes from that process. You might want to harness the energy to turn on a light, but you don't want to heat up the room by 20 degrees. You know what I'm saying? You need to fit the balance is where it comes. And in this particular work, they're talking about the, the way of the harvest of light energy across that whole bunch of light wavelengths, which they haven't really looked at before. And that includes the ones that chlorophylls don't do so well in. So if we can boost that, we can make things do chlorophyll better, then we can put the algae to work for us. Uh, it's one of the things that's interesting in the same way that biomass is. We talk about, well, how much is it going to take to turn this biomass into something or other? Well, the answer is that we don't know until we try, but when we find out that we're able to use up so much biomass that is ordinarily a waste product, we don't have to get a whole lot out of it. It's just a it's a pretty good pretty good thing to do, pretty good way to take care of it. Um, let Jim know that we'll be we're we're gonna not have enough time, I don't think, unless he has only one sentence for us, but he usually has more to say than that. I'm not a big fan, I have to say, of algae and algae blooms because I've spent time around lakes that had them and whew, nasty. And you can't eat the fish either. Nothing can. It's a big mess. All right, now, I know this is a little bit of a summer song, but since we're having a warm fall, think about it. You and me in the breeze, baby. This is Weekend Gardening.
you love the smell of freshly cut grass. Maybe you love the aroma of steaks on the grill. Steel has the outdoor power equipment to get you there. From the dependable performance of our leaf blowers to the legendary power of our chainsaws. Find your perfect backyard with outdoor power tools starting at just $139.99. Real Steel. Find yours at over 10,000 local dealers and at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Whether you look forward to working on your outdoor space or for what comes after, Battery Power Made by Steel has the outdoor tools to get you there. From the reliable power of our chainsaws and mowers to the quiet performance of our blowers and trimmers, enjoy more of the sounds of fall with the AK Homeowner Series of Battery Tools starting at $199.99. Real Steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All presses MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive. 601-790-9407. Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself. I do. I play tennis. Try to eat well. What about screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep. Even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit requestcologuard.com. I'm on it. Excellent. Computer Outlet would like to salute all healthcare and first responders for putting your life on the line every day. You are the true heroes. Thank you from Computer Outlet. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Attention, if you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. The hunt is over for all your deer camp setup needs at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in Bolton since 1871. Get your food plot set up with mixes from Pennington, J&J, and Wax Company, along with ryegrass from Nelson and Marshall. And don't forget the wheat for those doves, along with fertilizer, spreaders, and sprayers. Feeders by Boss Buck Gravity and Moultrie, filled with rice bran original, peanut butter, persimmon, along with corn, mineral salt, as well as that Buck Robber game attractant. Game cameras, hunting license, wasp and bug sprays, and much, much more. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your deer camp setup specialist. Downtown Bolton since 1871. 
Thank you, Leon. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. One of those tunes you just can't get out of your head once it gets started. I appreciate that very, very much. Y'all are great. The text line is so hot. Y'all are fun. This is a bunch of good questions. Jimmy, I really do think that that's the wild aster. It looks to me like it is. Um, Let's see. In Summerall, a good flowering vine that can climb a trellis mounted onto a fence because the fence is looking bad. It's in part sun. I'm going to go with clematis because it's not heavy. There are other vines that would grow faster. Well, not much faster, but there are other ones that would really do as good a job, but they might tear down the trellis and the fence along with it. So I'm going to go with that particular one. Go with with one of the clematis. Um, Clematis, Jack Monia, or any of that, but they're, they're available in the fall or in the very early spring and it'll do a beautiful job for you i do love vines i think that's fun uh, nighttime temperatures about bringing in peppers i, I said um there if you if the temperatures are in the 40s and you have summer vegetables and you have them in containers that's when they need to be protected if they're out in the garden and you're going to put up a hoop or anything to cover them you know you're doing anything like that for them that's when you do that um, nighttime temperatures in the 40s are more critical than whatever the daytime temperatures are okay all right let's talk to Jim for just a moment because he wanted to get in on the algae in laurel what's going on Jim well I need to bring my peppers and stuff in I got, I got that three-year-old jalapeno plant oh <laughs> I yeah I'll bring it in again this year yeah see what happens why not I'm a garden mama, are you talking about the algae a while ago? I got a neighbor of mine. He passed away several years ago. He's got a beautiful pond on his place. Got about 15 cypress trees growing in it. And algae took it over. Ooh. And uh, he bought some grass carp or some kind of carp and put in there. And over a period of time, it cleared up. I have... I don't know about that as a recommendation, but I have heard about it. Um, well, the uh, bad thing about it is they'll take over the pond. I was going to say, I don't think they're without their own dangers, though. <laughs> Six o'clock lion news. Oh, a couple of months ago where they were trying to make some kind of fuel out of algae. Yep, that's right. There's there have been several efforts to do that, and what they've the most recent research um, is that they're able to more quickly concentrate with less waste. So in other words, whatever they're doing, they've, they've they're getting the process a little bit tighter. It's always anything like that, you know. I can I could still be using my hand to crank up the battery on my car, except that that's a whole lot of cranking with my hand for a long time for something that we found another way to do. You know, turn the key, <laughs> hit the solenoid. So I think that's what they're doing with algae and so many of the other Really, the things that we have too much of that we'd like to turn in, we'd like to harvest the energy that's in them without creating a whole lot of waste. And that's yes. that's what they're after. Mom, I enjoy your show. And I'll Thank you, Jim. Have, have a good Halloween. Good. Yes, you too. Eat lots of candy, or too much candy. <laughs> Oop, I'm sorry. I did the wrong person. What did I do? Tony. I'm sorry. I let go of Tony. I apologize. I shouldn't have touched it. Tony in Columbia wanted to know about transplanting wild muscadines and roses. It's another thing where you can prepare now. And in fact, if the rose needs to be dug up and moved and it has begun to lose its leaves, that's fine. But the muscadine will hold its leaves longer. And I would like to see you set up the trellis for it or the poles, wherever you're going to grow it, get that soil ready and then do it. But you can do that sort of transplanting anytime now. That's fine. He said he had found a, a wild muscadine vine, and he was trying to find out what would be the best practice for transplanting it 
in his garden or in his yard. It's going to be doing that digging around it, like I talked about, so that you have loosened up its root system to encourage it to move forward. But you also need to go ahead and get your place that you're going to transplant it to, because you got to have something for it to climb on in your garden, or it'll just literally take over the nearest shrub, you know, and that's not necessarily what you want to do. And so. then for the roses question, he, he said he has some pretty good Confederate roses that uh, – he would really like to transplant or move, but he wanted to know if there's any tips or tricks that he might need to know before he starts moving Confederate roses around. Yes, Confederate roses are not as easy to move as you might think. They're easier actually to root. And at this point, you can take three or four feet stems and put those stems in a bucket and by next spring of water, put water in the bucket, and by next spring you'll have plenty to transplant and plant anywhere you want. You can dig them up and move them just like you do any other kind of perennial or any other kind of hibiscus. Unfortunately, because they're so big, it often is better to wait until they've begun to die down a little bit. It's, think of them like bananas. If you wanted to dig up a banana plant and put it somewhere else in your garden or give it to somebody else, you would probably wait until it was just a clump on the ground rather than an eight-foot-tall bunch of leaves, because as soon as you move it, of course, those are going to wilt and collapse on you. So it's the same sort of principle with Confederate Rose. It's easier to take that stem and root it and have a new one somewhere else than it is to dig up the existing plant. Plus, then when you, you do that several times, you go to the plant swap at the local library or your your friends' groups or something, neighborhood cul-de-sac people sometimes will do that stuff, go to the master gardeners, any of that. You'll be very popular. People love Confederate roses, and they're they're very easy to root. So are angel trumpets, actually, if you have, if you have that plant. It's another case where we're rooting a piece of cane before the cane freezes for the winter. Because once it freezes for the winter, it's going to come back up next spring, but you're still going to have this gigantic thing to dig up. So you may as well go ahead and propagate it. Um, Ken and I are talking about, um, th- this is interesting, Ken and I are talking about the problems in the in Lake Michigan and mussels and algae and whatnot. I was not at that lake. I was at another lake. Um, oh, fun. This is great. Mary's in Pearl. Um Mary has harvested a pineapple, and she left the plant in the pot, and it has new, two new shoots growing. And what you have seen is the propagation of a bromeliad, which it is in the same way that we think of other bromeliads. You, you'll see the flower, but the flower really isn't how the most – I mean, in this case, it becomes a pineapple, all right? But the plant itself – is still trying to go into the future. The plant doesn't, because that, that mother that created the pineapple, that big plant, that, that's gone. It's, it's going to decompose, turn into compost, be helpful. But before that happens, the two babies come up on the side. They're called pups. And yes, they can be potted up, and you'll have a pineapple in another, whatever that is, 16 months or something that it takes, maybe even a little bit longer. But that's it's a beautiful, beautiful plant to grow, and one that if you have room for it, I really think, I mean, it's 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 one of the plants that will hook a kid. If you take that pineapple and you've eaten it and enjoyed it and then you root the top of it and grow that pineapple or you just go buy a pineapple plant and say, we're growing a pineapple, the kid looks at you like, hmm, yeah, right. Guess what? When the pineapple forms, it's a different story. You know, it's a whole lot more interesting. It's the same as, for me, um, when you purchase the amaryllis in the box, 
that you're going to give to somebody for a Christmas present, give one to a kid. Give them a yardstick with it, okay, so they can put it right next to it, because that thing will grow several inches a day, and that's fun. That's one of those pieces of horticulture or pieces of gardening that you don't ever forget once you've seen it happen. Another one that I love is to cut off the bottom of the celery and put it into blue food color water because the celery will take up and turn blue. Now it's, this is purely art. This is, has nothing to do with cooking or eating celery. But, you know, it's not necessary at all. But, but the, the beauty of it is that it's the sort of thing, any kind of lesson that you can put in somebody's hands always means a lot more. Um, my classic example that I don't believe I've ever told before is that I learned to drive in a simulator in a truck. You know, they had a, they, they wheeled the truck up to the, 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 the trailer, rather, up to the high school, and we sat in there and learned how to drive. Well, the first time I got out in the real car, I remember the coach saying, you might want to not put your foot slap on the accelerator all at once. In other words, it's different in the simulator than it is out in the street. So pay attention. He was good. He was a good, I mean, I'm a good driver. He was obviously a good teacher. but We still had the simulators when I was coming through. In the, in the old 40-foot the old thing that they rolled trailer. In oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was something, I mean, I don't even know why the coaches had to teach people to drive, but that was part of their job. I don't know who was trained to do it. They probably weren't too happy about it. But we didn't kill him, so we, you know, it turned out all right. <laughs> Scared him a few times, lost all his hair. <laughs> Had a couple times where it's like, yeah, the coach is going to take you out driving, and then you get out driving. He's like, yeah, take this left, stop at this stop sign, take that right. All right, run down here. We're going to swing by my house. I left something at the house. I got to pick it up. Oh no, that's funny. <laughs> well, see that that's where that's where you just have to feel like you had a good experience that day. Um, we were not allowed to leave campus for lunch, but as upper high school students we just sort of disappeared at times and unless they found you coming back (laughs) you had a better lunch and there were a couple of teachers including one coach that if you brought them some food they wouldn't tell on you so i know i know it's not necessarily on the other hand if there's not there's a reason there's there's rules and there's also a reason why there's rules that can be bent not saying broken just saying bent okay ken is funny uh, continuing the discussion of Confederate roses, yes, they do have other names. But anyway, I learned something. I learned something new every day, and that is part of the great joy of being a gardener and being, frankly, my own self. I didn't know there was such a thing as fishing jaguars, but it's a phrase that you wish you could say on the radio. So, fishing jaguars. Um, the Brazilian jaguars are a particular group. All right. It, I, I'm sure that they're, they're not all from Brazil, but it's that type. And this they all speak Portuguese. They all speak Portuguese. This this work was done in Oregon. I had no idea that there was Portuguese spoken there, but why not? Fish and aquatic reptiles are what the jaguars actually eat in the wetlands areas of Brazil. This may be a surprise to a lot of people, as it was to me. I had no idea. They barely eat mammals. They're, they're fishers, okay? They're fishermen. So how do we know this? Well, we know it because of that wonderful bit of technology, the wildlife camera, and a good one, not the one that you can't see what it's doing, but the good ones. 
they have been able to observe the the motion triggered video cameras in this particular area have been showing us how they eat, how they fish, and the fact that they have a different kind of social interaction than we ever thought. I don't know where we get these ideas. My my idea of a jaguar, I guess, comes from football teams or from some other non-animal. I mean, I've never seen one in life. I've seen one in a zoo, but that's right. different. But th- the San Diego Zoo, thank you very much. But but the the whole notion that they make a family group and they do social interaction and they play with one another and yeah they do help each other fish really did surprise me now it's a flooded area the researchers literally have to be covered from head to toe and then also have insect repellent inside the suits that they wear that's a lot of fun but I tell you what, they're all on a boat the whole time so of course there's going to be you know bugs and one thing and another but I, I'm going to tell you that I bet the Jaguars show off a little bit. I think they're like, look, these guys came out here again. So what we're going to show them now is the way that we play soccer together. And it's it, this is not in the research. This is just me telling you. What they do, though, is they play together. They take care of each other. And the one that can't fish as well has a little help from the one that can fish better so that they don't starve. And that kind of social interaction is just something we would have never associated, I don't think, with jaguars. Particularly, I understand that cats pace in a cage like at a zoo because of their stress and their loneliness. I, I do un- understand that. But I had no idea that the opposite of it was a whole bunch of jaguars, you know, gearing up and going fishing together. I wonder who sets the alarm. If I'm being honest, I would think most what I would call jungle cats, like the big cats that like to hang out in trees, not like yeah. lions that hang out on the savanna. Yeah. I would think jungle cats would be these lonely see soul predators doing things all on their own yep. and well, solitary it turns out that they're a lot more social than we thought do you know that elephants are actually evolving to not have tusks oh yeah i mean those are the things that we are not we are responsible for in some ways and at the same time we can only but watch just go wowie zowie the 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 uh Jaguar scat was examined, of course, as you might imagine. They identified nine different prey items in this collection of about 140. The jaguar was dominated, their diet was dominated by 55% reptiles, 46% fish. They only ate 11% mammals. Hmm. Huh. Pescatarians. Who knew? Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation stand for? Everything we do is built around attaining a better life for Mississippi farmers and ranchers and all Farm Bureau members. Things like rural broadband and private property rights, funding for roads and bridges, and our Child Saver program. We think these are outstanding causes, and hopefully you do too. Because when Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. 
Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have, have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. No drip roofing and construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified, certainteed shingle installer, family owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No drip roofing and construction. 601-371-1051. Home is where your life happens. So make it reflect you. At Miskelly's, find what suits your style and get instant savings up to $300. Plus, finance your purchase for five years with no down payment. Shop online and check out what's in stock or visit one of our showrooms. Make your house your favorite place to come home to with instant savings and no money down financing. The low monthly payment will also suit your style. Make it happen at all Miskelly locations. The Jamboree, took place in the New York Cemetery. It was a zombie Jamboree, took place in the New York Cemetery. Zombies from all parts of the island. Some of them were great Canucksonians. Since the season was carnival, oh, they got together in Bacchanal. They were singing back to back, good, very too many. Well, I don't give a damn, cause I'm stuck. 
Ah, thank you for indulging me today, Rhino. I appreciate you finding that for me. Uh, yes, Daniel will be back. We wish him well. He's uh, he's gaining wisdom this weekend. Is that what that means? Yeah. When you have your wisdom teeth taken out, you have to gain your wisdom uh, on your own after that. I'm one of those people that they took my wisdom teeth out. They said, isn't that a surprise? You only have three. Ten years later, the fourth one came out. It really hurt. (laughs) Everybody develops in different ways at different times. They can tell you what's going to happen. They don't necessarily know. I somehow dodged that bullet. I have never had my wisdom teeth removed, and I don't think I'll ever have to. Did they come in? Not that I'm aware of. Well, then, the good news is they didn't come in. (laughs) Usually it's because the the way human beings' mouths have developed... We actually don't have room for that other tooth. Right. And that's where the pain comes from, and it pushes everything else forward. Plus, since the middle 20th century, I suppose, we've done so much orthodontia, and that's done at a young age, so there's no room for that tooth later on. Um, My family actually has an extra tooth in many cases, and that's weird. That's gone, too. We We didn't end up with that in the next generation, I'm happy to say. You ever knew anybody whose baby was born with teeth? It does happen. Hmm. I know I have one friend that, that, that I have two friends actually. I have one friend that I knew at the time. And uh, needless to say, it's a bottle fed baby at that point. <laughs> Can't say I've known a baby with teeth. My older brother had to have his nails clipped when he was born because he was a little late. See? It's just funny. Everybody's a little different. You know, everybody comes here. It, thank goodness we all get here because what would we do if we had to be somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know what your. Halloween plans are, dear friends. I hope that whatever you decide you're going to do, it involves smiling at children in costumes and laughing and carrying on. I'm not going to go down the dark road with you. Some of you I know want to do that. But here's the deal. We all pick what we do. You can be in the middle of a hurricane and you're still in the eye. All right. You, you, you pick where you go and what you do. And you pick who you pay attention to. Um when is the best time to I don't know if it's called an egg tooth it was the one on the side it was extra canine um, if I bring a couple of my indeterminate tomatoes in out of the code will they still bear fruit depends what, what the temperature is and the amount of humidity where you bring them in um, I have one that's blooming now up over the top of its tomato cage and still putting on fruit here in central Mississippi but I don't. I'm probably going to have to let it go because it's too tall to bring in the house at this point. But yeah, it, I mean they can keep bearing as long as they have some. They have the ability to be pollinated. They have water and fertilizer, and they have enough light and enough warmth to do that. The best time to put potted roses in the ground, really. It's another November to February thing, but we generally think of roses, if we've got them in a container, we usually think of kind of babying them through the winter and then planting them in February. I don't care when you plant them, but do it when they're not in full leaf with flowers. So somewhere between now and the end of February. We think about putting them in at the end of February because that's the the mid-February point is when we prune them anyway. So we generally speaking, when you plant something you do have to prune it a woody plant like that and some people don't want to fool with it they'd rather see if it grows anymore during the winter and then they can plant it and do the pruning then you don't want to prune roses too much um except for february and august we can take off dead flowers and and take out 
for example, um, one branch may go dead on you, and you can take that off. That's not we're not talking about that, but we're talking about to, the the active growing parts of the rose bush really need to be pruned in February and then again in August. It's the best time for that. I uh, was looking at my list of tips that I like to bring y'all, and I really don't think I have anything left for October except to say, if you never did check your in-ground irrigation system after last winter and the crazy freezes in the springtime, and maybe you didn't have to use it this summer. A lot of people didn't. Things were just fairly, you know, now would be a good time to figure it out because no two springs are the same, and you're probably going to want that thing next year. Um, if, you, if you're still using your system, by all means, pull it back. And if you are planting new trees and shrubs and you have an in-ground irrigation system, make sure that you are watering deeply enough. If we're watering five minutes a day to a new tree or shrub that you're just planting, it's going to develop shallow roots. And that's not really what we want to do. We'd rather you watered deeply and long and less often. Okay? That's something else. I just I never think to say that. It's important for you to know it. Uh, the fall gold that I talked about last week um, got several different bits and pieces of uh, information sent to me about what all is gold and what all is yellow. And okay, you're right. Gold is not yellow. Is very yellow. Gold is not necessarily that. But um, I'm going to tell you that gold is in fact a shade of yellow, as opposed to the other way around. That's just how I feel. Because I'm still devoted to red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and violet as the colors of the spectrum. And everything comes from that. You put in a little deeper color, you add a little orange to it, you get gold. But that's because you're, you've got red, orange, yellow, and you can put the red and the yellow together. Anyway, it's a discussion for another day. We'll run out of time. Uh, no, that's funny. Yes, that's a good idea. Old shop vacs to grow roses in. They have wheels. And they also have a drain at the bottom. <laughs> I like that. I'm all in favor. You know me. Use it up. Figure out another way to put it to work. It's real, real smart. The University of Washington is bringing us this bit of information today, which is very exciting. For those of us who love deer and who recognize uh, we, we really do have to do an awful lot of management to keep our deer population healthy and happy. It turns out that the black-tailed deer before, during, and after the 2018 Mendocino, Mendocino Complex fire, which is the third largest fire that California has ever had yet, I say that advisedly, it turns out they did go away. And we always worry about creatures getting killed in wildfires, and I'm, I'm you know, I've told you my kids never got to see Bambi because it frightened me so much, the whole business. I mean, not to mention mama gets killed, you know, gee whiz, I didn't need that. But the whole notion of when do the deer come back and what do they eat? Well, they came back. They were getting into the browse before the trees stopped smoldering. You think they know that they own that neighborhood? They absolutely do. It's their turf. We don't know where they are when it's burning because we don't have any scientists that will go out and look at that. And we don't know right afterwards where they, what they eat or what they survive on. But as we all know in our part of the world, deer can go a while, but when they get hungry, they're going to find something to eat. And in this particular case, this mega fire 
450,000 acres, all right, mm. their habitat just torched. And indeed, um, they were able to study the feeding patterns before and after. Amazing that they're there. Queen of the night. Hey, Gloria, how beautiful. That's wonderful. Um, and this is this is the night blooming Sirius. It's already put on some more flowers. There's dozens of flowers on this plant. That's gorgeous. Congratulations. That's really beautiful. Um, and, and Ken, I would think that was a horror movie myself. I'm going to tell you that. Ken wants me to watch Old Yeller. I'm telling you, that, that frightened me so much. It's right up there with the yearling. I don't do those. I know about them. Had to see them when I was a kid. Get them out of my life. All right? Meanwhile, let's all go eat some chocolate. If not, drink some wine. Admire some costumes. Laugh a little. Giggle a little bit. And enjoy this week. Come back here next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Maybe you love the smell of freshly cut grass. Maybe you love the aroma of steaks on the grill. Steel has the outdoor power equipment to get you there. From the dependable performance of our leaf blowers to the legendary power of our chainsaws. Find your perfect backyard with outdoor power tools starting at just $139.99. Real Steel. Find yours at over 10,000 local dealers and at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Whether you look forward to working on your outdoor space or for what comes after. Battery power made by steel has the outdoor tools to get you there. From the reliable power of our chainsaws and mowers to the quiet performance of our blowers and trimmers, enjoy more of the sounds of fall with the AK Homeowner Series of battery tools starting at $199.99. Real Steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.